Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watch Dogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. In this episode, episode 62, hmm, what shall we do? Oh, I know. Let's listen to episode 62. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to keep doing that. I don't know. Okay. In this episode, it's time to close the freaking border. It's time to kick the UN out of the US. And all about a country I've discovered that harbors evil organizations. You're not going to believe this, but it's true. There is one country that's actually a really nice country that now I am taking off of my hope to visit list in the future. I am never going to travel to this country because they are purposefully harboring evil organizations. And I don't think that's a good thing. So I will tell you what that organization is. Also, I wanted to talk really quickly about the last episode. A lot of great comments about that, (laughs) especially about my uh, mixing of the accents of Klaus Schwab visiting Wisconsin, don't you know? (laughs) That was too funny. If I had to leave it in, it cracked me up. So I had a great time with that. And also, I was corrected by a friend of mine who knows a lot more about the history of Egyptian or Greek lore, I guess you could say. And I mispronounced a name and I feel horrible about it. All right. Instead of Pythagoras, it's Pythagoras. Just, I know there's Pythagorean theory and all that. And there's the Pythagorean Medical Center. I I know, I know. I just, I was reading and I just didn't catch it when I was editing and sorry. All right. So there are the two, two things that I think People commented mostly on about my last podcast, but everybody said it was really, really informative, and I really appreciate that. Uh, Thank you again, and again, if you want to write me with ideas for future podcasts or clarity on a past podcast, something that I can clarify or, or, you know, explain differently, I would be perfectly willing to do that. Write me at drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. All right, starting off with the first thing I wanted to talk about It is time to close the border. And I mean airtight. No immigration at all for one year. That's what I believe needs to happen. I believe we need to shut the border down, send the troops down en masse, hundreds of thousands, all on the southern border. Do whatever we have to. We have to stop illegal immigration. And we have to stop the cartels because the cartels have full control of our southern border. We now have over 8 million illegal immigrants have come across our border since Joe Biden took office. And I said the Mexican cartels control that border. Fentanyl is still killing nearly 100,000 Americans every year. Women and children are being raped so often by the cartel members transporting them to the border that mothers are giving their young daughters, some as young as 11 and 12, birth control pills before they make that trip so their young daughters will not get pregnant from being raped by the cartel members. And that happens so often, they are now telling mothers to give your daughters birth control pills. How insane is that? 
Also, we know that thousands of children are still being sex trafficked into this country. And that, I think, is one of our biggest shames. We also have over 160 known terrorists on the terrorist watch list have been apprehended this year. It was 140 last year. It was 98 the year before that. Do you you see a pattern of rising amounts of terrorists coming into this country? I've said it before, and sadly, I'm going to say it one more time, Well, maybe more times after this, until people get it and understand how serious this is. There will be another 9-11 in this country in the next few years. There are way too many terrorists that have come across our southern border and they're forming terrorist organization and cells inside this country. And I promise you, there will be another 9-11. Why? Because somehow we have gone back to the 9-10 mentality. We aren't even teaching kids about 9-11 in schools anymore. Some kids don't even know what 9-11 was. I mean, that's insane. But it is true. And like the phrase says, those who erase their history or don't study history are doomed to repeat it. So it is time to shut down our border completely for one year. One year, we need to clean all this up, deport the people that are not here seeking asylum or not here to do good in our country. And we can find them. Absolutely. We've given them cell phones. You know, we can track those. And I know some of them just drop those cell phones in the nearest trash can as they're getting on the buses that we are paying for, by the way. I don't know if you know this or not. When people come across our border illegally, okay, they are processed. They are not sent back most of the time. Like nine times out of 10, they're just processed and sent to another part of the country. The part of the country they want to go to. I saw an interview with a guy interviewing a bunch of guys from Ghana and Nigeria, and I can't remember all the different uh, African countries, but he went down and said, what country are you from and where are you going? And they said, uh, Nigeria, New York City, Ghana, Chicago. They are transported by, uh, with our tax dollars to any part of the country they want, whether it's on a bus or a plane. We pay for illegal immigrants to, that come across our border, we pay <laughs> for them to be bussed or flown anywhere in this country they want to go. What a great deal. Why? No wonder illegal immigration keeps rising and rising. There is a welcome mat that this administration has sent out worldwide saying, if you want to come to this country, no matter where you come from, no matter what your immigration laws are, no matter if you're in trouble, no matter if you're a criminal or whatever, you just get to Mexico and come across our border and we will transport you anywhere into the country you want to go. Oh, of course, we'll process you and say, you, now you, I'm telling you right now, you better show up to your asylum hearing in two to three years, right? I'm going to have your word on that. Pinky promise, you're going to do it. I know. This is crap. This is absolute BS. I I can't believe we've gotten to this point where in this country, illegal immigrants are treated better than American citizens, that are treated better than our homeless, that are treated better than our veterans. That is a point of shame that is just as bad as the child sex trafficking. Those are the two 
biggest problems I think happening in our southern border is we have illegal immigrants that are given cell phones and bus tickets or plane tickets to anywhere they want to go and provided medical treatment and housing and food and even laundry in some places. They will, we American citizens in these tents, these giant tents where they're housing illegal immigrants, we're doing their laundry for them. Is this, I, I can't even imagine who thought up this insanity, but I promise you the reason why all this is happening is they want to destroy the United States of America as it has been created. And they want to rebuild a new country with all new laws that favor the elites and treat the rest of us like peons. Oh, I know. I know what that... Wait, wait. That sounds like communism. It does, doesn't it? It sounds like communism. We're heading there. Unless we stand up, like I said in my last podcast, and this is one thing that a couple of people commented on, they thought that was really, really good when I said, there's not enough people standing up and saying, no, no, we will not allow more illegal immigrants into this country. No, we will not give them free health care and free food and free housing and transport them anywhere in the country they want to go on our tax dollars. No. We will not allow this to happen anymore. So I'm saying right now, again, we need to shut down the southern border airtight for one year. Then after that year, hopefully during that year, we will have all worked together to find a good compromise for the way we handle immigration in this country. I personally believe we should absolutely 100% forbid illegal immigration. I think we should raise the amount of legal immigrants. Do you know we allow one million legal immigrants into this country every year? And the people that come here legally, like I said in my other podcast, they're U.S. citizens. Once they get here and wait in line like they're supposed to and do all the things that they are required to to become U.S. citizens, they deserve to be U.S. citizens with full rights. But we do not need the hyphens anymore. When you come to America and you become a full U.S. citizen, you are a U.S. citizen, period. The ones that are coming across illegally, especially the ones that aren't even trying to to, uh, claim asylum, they're trying to evade the border patrol and come over here illegal. They do not have good intentions, period. They do not have the intention of becoming U.S. citizens and becoming productive members of our society. They mean to do us harm. And people need to understand that. So once again, we need to close the border airtight for one year. And I mean no immigration at all. I'm sorry for the people that have been waiting. You're going to have to wait one more year. That's just what we need to do. We need to shut down all immigration for one year. Just one year. And then we need to put so much pressure on our congressmen and women that they have to create laws that find compromises and find middle ground that everyone can live with and only allow legal immigrants into this country. We can raise the amount of legal immigrants to 2 million a year or more. I'm perfectly fine with that, but I do not want people that are sneaking into our country and breaking our laws. There is no other country in the entire world No other country in the entire world 
that allows this. Not one. And even the ones like in Europe that are allowing immigrants to come in or, or uh, fleeing asylum seekers, they're in deep trouble. Sweden has huge gang problems now because there's so many people that have come into their country that don't respect their laws. There are actually cities in Sweden that police will not go into for their own protection. And isn't it interesting how the left thinks that socialism is such a great thing, that we should aspire to be a socialist country, you know, where everyone's all even. There's no uber rich, there's no poor, there's no... But what you need to look to for examples is Venezuela, Argentina, Cuba... All those people are leaving their countries. Well, socialism is supposed to be such a great thing, right? If socialism was such a great thing, why aren't there Americans trying to illegally emigrate to Venezuela? I mean, Venezuela is fantastic. As a matter of fact, did you know that Venezuela is now looking at the possibility of invading their neighbor country of Angola for their oil because they've run out of oil? Huh. Weird, huh? I mean, Venezuela had one of the largest oil reserves in the entire world. They were such an oil-rich country. I think the average gallon of gas, because they could also refine their oil, the average gallon of gas at one time in Venezuela was 37 cents a gallon. That's how great things were in Venezuela. And then Hugo Chavez and Maduro decided they wanted all the power and all the oil for themselves. And the average citizen living in Venezuela has lost 20 pounds from starvation. Yeah, that's the ideal. That's what we should take America to. I mean, come on. And what you don't understand is when Marxists say that everyone will be equal. <laughs> They're right. <laughs> everyone will be equally poor and equally hungry. And all the wealthy, all the elites will still have all the things that they want and need. That's what socialism really is. And communism is just basically government ownership of everything. Then the government just owns everything and you rent and you, the government will give you what they think you are allowed to have. That's exactly what Klaus Schwab said, you know, in the future, you will own nothing and everyone will be happy. <laughs> yeah, wrong. So all this is happening because people are fleeing countries of socialism because socialism always fails. And other people say, well, what about countries in Europe? You know, they've got socialists. No, they've got capitalist governments and free market governments with social programs, the same as the United States does. The, one, the countries that are fully socialist are failing all over, the country, all over the world. So once again, we need to close the border, hardcore, tight, airtight, where no one gets in for one year. And I think we'll be able to solve this if we can do that. All right, that's just my suggestion. Okay, now the next part I want to talk about is it is time to kick the UN out 
of the United States of America. Every member of the UN that comes into our country has diplomatic immunity. And that means that anything they do in this country, they can say they have diplomatic immunity for, and our country, their, our laws don't apply to them. So diplomatic immunity excuses so many things. It's time to let another country foot the bill. The UN needs to get the hell out of the United States, which, by the way, United States is paying $12.5 billion a year to fund the UN. And that's just one-fifth of the UN's budget. Now, this diplomatic immunity applies for rapes, murders, solicitation of prostitutes, all the way down to parking tickets. Visiting dignitaries that come in and go to the UN building and do these meetings of all the different committees, they all have diplomatic immunity and get away with murder in many cases and rapes and have prostitutes and even their parking tickets. I mean, there's millions and millions of dollars of parking tickets that are just forgiven because they have diplomatic immunity. And the UN, and for those of you who don't know what this UN means, United Nations, okay, the UN does not have the U.S. best interest in mind. And yet we allow them to have their headquarters in the United States? Why would we continue to do this? The UN has just recently made Iran the chair of the UN Human Rights Council. Are you serious? Iran, the head of the Human Rights Council? They don't even know what human rights are in, in Iran. They make martyrs of their suicide bombers. They put women in prison for wearing their hijabs incorrectly and beat them to death. And yet they're on the UN Human Rights Council? Are you serious? I say we kick the UN out of the U.S. Let it go to some other country and set up their headquarters there. I don't want them in the United States anymore. I say we use the UN building for housing for the homeless. Imagine what we could do with $12.5 billion a year to that building. We could make that building into a wonderful housing establishment for the homeless. Not only the homeless, but for those that are also addicts and mentally ill. We could have treatment centers inside that building for addiction and mental illness. Then it would finally be going to good use, the money that we pay to the UN now. We would still have that same budget, but use that budget to help people, not entertain and give leaders from other countries that don't like us to badmouth the United States and blame them for everything and make them pay for everything. That's really what the UN is doing to the United States right now. The United States always gets the biggest part of the bill. And there is many countries that are in the UN that hate the United States. And they're in our country. Why would we allow people in our country that hate us? That seems to me quite counterproductive. 
and even dangerous. Also, by kicking out all of the UN organizations out of our country, we would also eliminate the World Health Organization, who is mostly controlled by China, uh, the International Monetary Fund, which is basically steps towards a world currency. That's their ultimate goal. So let all these UN organizations go to another part of the world and plot to destroy the United States of America from there. That's what I feel. I, I don't believe the UN does any good. I mean, yes, there's UNICEF and, and charities and stuff, but those are in the UN umbrella, but they're separate organizations. I do not want the UN in the United States at all anymore. Goodbye. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. That's how I feel. All right. All right. Okay, before I move on, I have to tell you again about this incredible whitening toothpaste, AP24 by New Skin. I love it so much. You put the toothpaste on your, br on your brush. Do not wet the brush. Well, you can if you do, if you want, but it works more effectively if you, draw, you brush with a dry brush. It gets more polishing on your teeth. And like I said, after you're done brushing your teeth, your teeth feel like so polished and they stay polished for like 10 to 12 hours. Many times I have gone to bed and just, you know, ran the tongue over the teeth going, oh, I don't really need to brush teeth today. So I would go to bed. I, I brush my teeth every morning and night, usually. Sometimes I'll forget. But it's because my teeth always feel polished. And I know they're whiter. I've noticed a difference in my whitening. So if you want to have whiter teeth and polished, wonderful teeth, go to my website, twdbark.mynewskin, and that's N-U-S-K-I-N, twdbark.mynewskin.com and see the AP24 toothpaste and other amazing products New Skin has. As a matter of fact, you can click on the main website for New Skin, and there's like 250 products, I think, that are just the best products for anti-aging, for beauty, for all kinds of things, nutritional and uh, anti-aging. So go check it out, twdbark.mynewskin.com. All right, this next part I'm going to talk about is a little disturbing. And sadly, one of the countries that was on the top of my list to visit in my lifetime on my bucket list is now off of my bucket list. And that country is Switzerland. The reason why is Switzerland allows the leaders and of the economic the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, and Gavi, G-A-V-I. And for those of you who don't know, Gavi is actually founded by Bill Gates. And Gavi stands for the Global Alliance for Vaccine Immunization. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but when Bill Gates was in college, the way he made a lot of money is he created viruses for computers and then sold the antivirus. Whoa, that's kind of like what he's doing right now, huh? Like creating viruses and then funding the companies that are selling the antivirus. So he really hasn't made any improvement in his life. He's still doing the same thing, just on a much bigger scale. So all these organizations are headquartered 
in Geneva, Switzerland. And many big tech companies and big pharma executives are also there in Geneva. And you know what? Geneva gives 100% diplomatic immunity to these organizations. And the following information comes from an article I read, read from Dr. Joseph Marcola, uh, just to let you know. So basically, the former founder of the World Economic Forum, Hussein Najadi, his son, Pascal Najadi, says that everything in the world related to domicide comes from Geneva. Domicide is government genocide, government-controlled and government-sanctioned genocide. Now, Hussein Najadi actually left the World Economic Forum in disgust in the 80s. And he became like the founder of the Ambank and one of the largest banks in, in Malaysia. Well, guess what? He was assassinated in Ceylon in 2013. And now his son, Pascal Najadi, is actually saying that the, all this evil comes from Geneva and mostly talking about the government forcing everyone to get these vaccines uh, for COVID. And the reason why he is so upset about this is Pascal Najadi believed all the information he was given. He got three doses of Pfizer's mRNA shot in 2021 and is now dying from the side effects. So that is horrific in and among itself. But the real problem with Geneva, Switzerland, giving all of these very, very rich and powerful people diplomatic immunity is it is unlimited diplomatic immunity. So my advice to you is if you ever get on Bill Gates' bad side, don't travel to Geneva, Switzerland. Think about it. And Pascal Najadi in 2022 actually filed criminal charges against the Swiss president, Alain Berset, for misleading the Swiss people about the COVID shots and also for allowing this unlimited diplomatic immunity in their country for all of these giant world leaders and powerful CEOs and industry leaders because they should have to face charges just like the rest of us. And let me just reiterate what this really means. Like, for instance, uh, Gavi has diplomatic immunity in Switzerland, but the immunity clauses go even more than just diplomatic immunity. The immunity offered by Switzerland to the organization of Gavi includes all aspects of engagement, including criminal business dealings. They can do whatever they want in Switzerland, and they are completely immune from any prosecution. Now, not only that, but all of these organizations that are found or have a lot of their headquarters or main quarters in Geneva, Switzerland and other parts of Switzerland, they don't have to pay a dime of taxes. They are tax exempt in Switzerland. So 
I love Switzerland. I used to anyway. And I really did want to travel. I, I remember uh, seeing pictures of Stad, Switzerland, and Geneva, and all these wonderful places I would love to go visit. I will never visit those places again unless Switzerland reverses course on this diplomatic immunity and allows these criminal organizations, I'm going to call some of them, to be prosecuted. They should not have diplomatic immunity that that gives them immunity from all business dealings. Crooked, detrimental to life of people, or otherwise, if you know what I mean. Okay, and just to give you a little more detail about this Najati lawsuit against the former Swiss president, Alain Bersert. He was actually the former Swiss minister of health for misleading people on the COVID shots. Among the false statements highlighted by Najati was Bursette's claim that vaccinated people were not contagious and could not spread the virus. God, we heard a lot of that here in this country, too. A claim that all of these people knew very early was not true. And in fact, Pfizer never conducted any tests to determine transmissibility among the people that got the vaccine. They had no data on the transmissibility of the vaccine. Isn't that the reason why we do vaccines to stop the spread? So if someone gets the vaccine and can still spread COVID to people that have the vaccine and that don't have the vaccine, what was the point of the vaccine? And they say, well, it makes the, 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 the symptoms much less severe. Okay, but then we found out that wasn't exactly true either, because then we found out people that got the vaccine were still hospitalized and dying from COVID. So what were the vaccines for? Oh, I think I have ideas, but I won't say them publicly because then my podcast will be banned. (laughs) Isn't free speech wonderful? And you know what the really crazy thing about all this is? There's a a woman uh, that is an internationally recognized expert on issues related to evaluating scientific research for policymakers. And in particular, health health and innovation assessment, pandemic, emergency management training, and optimizing individual and population health and well-being. Wow, that's a really long title. (laughs) Basically, she's an expert at the scientific research as it uh, relates to policymaking. Her name is Astrid Stuckelberger. And she basically says that there is a new syndrome called the Geneva syndrome that basically says some of the people in Geneva and these Geneva-based organizations do not really understand what they're working towards. They're just following along like robots, unaware of the real intentions of the people that have this diplomatic immunity in Geneva, Switzerland. That's really interesting. I think that's probably the case with a lot of people, uh, especially Democrats in this country. They don't understand that the leadership of their political party actually wants tyranny. They actually want 100% democratic control of everything. 
when and I, I've said this again, but I'm going to say I've said many times, but I'm going to say it again. When the left says democracy, protecting democracy, defending democracy, a threat to democracy, what they mean is full democratic control. Because democracy, for people that don't know this, democracy is just the majority rules, period. It's like 50.1%. If 50.1% of a country can all agree on something, that means they have full control. All right. And that's why Democrats are calling for the elimination of the filibuster, because a filibuster means that you have to have 60 votes to pass certain things. And that means you have to reach across party aisles and get other people to vote with you. Well, the Democrats don't want that. They want democracy. Uh, full democracy means 50 plus one. That is it. 50 percent plus one. That is all they need to have complete control. And the other 49% would have no more say. And that's what they want. So when they're calling democracy, that's really what they want is full diplomatic control. And I don't think many people in the Democratic Party understand that the leadership is actually pushing for this. That's why they want to, like I said, eliminate the filibuster. That's why they want to eliminate the Electoral College so that the entire national vote for a president basically rests in about three or four states and the rest of them, forget you. We don't care about your vote. It's democracy, baby. That's what it's all about. All right. And they also want to make D.C. a state for two more Democratic senators to add to the Senate. And they want to pack the Supreme Court so that there are a majority of liberals again in the Supreme Court. So then they would have control of the judicial branch, the legislative branch, and the executive branch. What's that called? Oh, yeah. Tyranny. That's what they want. And I think exactly the same way as this Geneva syndrome, where many of the employees that work for these giant companies based in Geneva don't understand what their company is really trying to, to work towards. And that is world governance. Not only world governance as far as political power, but monetary power to a world currency and a world governance that allows a small handful of elites the billionaires, they will have total control. They'll have a democracy. <laughs> Weird, huh? Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that word. People use democracy like it's the same thing as a republic. And it's not. Democracy, once again, is only 50% plus one. That's all they need. They only need the majority to have a democracy. And the pro the reason why our founding fathers went away from and did not create a democracy, but created a republic instead, is they saw the fatal flaw all over the world of countries that were democracies. Eventually, you can convince more than half of the country to believe all one thing and completely block out the other almost half of the country with having any say or power at all. That is what a true democracy is. So when people say we're spreading democracy, okay, we're not. We're trying to help democracies become more like republics, where they have equal and fair representation 
in their governments. And for those who don't understand or remember or haven't listened to that podcast, I do go over this in detail. I can't remember which podcast it is, but basically the way our government is structured is our House of Representatives are determined, how many House of Representatives are determined for a state depending on the state's population. Okay, so they're represented by a population. Then the Senate only has two senators per state. Doesn't matter if that state has 700,000 people living in it, like Wyoming, or 50 million, 60 million, like California. Okay, it doesn't matter what the size of the state and the population of the state, they're equally represented in the Senate with two senators. So representation according to population in the House and equal representation of just two senators in each state in the Senate. That is representation. That is a representational government. And then we are actually a constitutional republic where the Constitution is the founding document of all of our laws. All of our laws are weighed and measured according to the Constitution. So that is why we are a constitutional republic. And really quickly, one other thing that's, that seems to be happening that a lot of the people in this country don't understand is these world organizations like the UN and the World Health Organization and the Inter- International Monetary Fund and the w- World Economic Forum, they have no power to enact laws that the entire world must follow. They have no right They have no power to do that at all. But many people don't understand that. And these powerful, evil men and women are using people's naivete and ignorance into thinking that world laws supersede individual countries' laws. And that is not the case in anywhere in the the world, especially in the United States of America. The United States of America's laws supersede world laws. That is how all countries are created. That is why all countries have sovereignty. All right. All countries have their own individual laws that their citizens must live by. There is no organization in the world that has the power or authority to enact laws the entire world must follow. And right now, they're trying to say that the World Health Organization has overriding power on all medical laws. And that is absolutely not true. They're trying to say that these new World Health Organization should have control over who has to get the vaccination and who doesn't. Who has to wear masks and who doesn't. What the World Health Organization says is law. And that's not true at all. Each country has sovereignty because that is, there are different cultures and religious beliefs and backgrounds, you know, and ethnicities that all have different life experiences. Why should we create laws that every single person on the earth, from the people in You know, the jungles of the Amazon to the deserts of the Sahara to the um, 
Eskimos up in Alaska to the Australians and people even living in uh, Indonesia and Japan. All of these people have to uh, live on the same laws. That's asinine. But that's what they want you to believe. And the problem is there's not enough people that understand individual country sovereignty and how there needs to be individual independent countries all over the world that can have commerce with each other, but should not have to depend on each other. And sometimes for grain and for different things like that. And that's, that's, you know, definitely uh, done through commerce, but the organizations like the world economic forum and the world health organization and the UN and all that, they want everyone to believe that they have the overriding power not your individual country. And that is 100% false. And just think, why would organizations like Gavi, okay, why would they need basically unlimited diplomatic immunity if all they were going to do was for the greater good, was for the benefit of society? Why would they need that diplomatic immunity? That's very strange to give someone absolutely unqualified diplomatic immunity to an organization that has no political power. So Gavi is a non-governmental organization that is allowed to operate without paying any taxes while also having total immunity for anything they do wrong. Why would a country, why would a company need that kind of diplomatic immunity? Oh, I know because they don't have good intent period. All these organizations care about is their ever-increasing power and wealth, period. That is all Bill Gates cares about. He doesn't care about people. I know he gives money to charity, but you know what? There are a lot of philanthropic people that are evil, like George Soros. He's an evil man. And I actually believe Bill Gates is an evil man. I believe he's been so corrupted by the money and power he has achieved in his life, he is no longer thinking on a humanitarian level. He's always looking, and all these organizations are always looking for ways to increase their power and increase their wealth. That's it. And increase their control. Because with control comes the power. All right? That is what is going on in this world. And people need to wake up because it's getting tiring saying it over and over and over again. People need to wake up. I think, like I said, there's a sliver of hope. People are starting to show that they're not going to stand for this anymore. Uh, particularly, I've noticed uh, for electric cars, there's the, the, the demand for electric cars is at an all-time low right now. And that is because I think people are fed up with governments and non-governmental organizations telling them, shame on you for not driving an electric car. Yes, I know you're, you're, you know, you're really poor and, and you're struggling and you're living paycheck to paycheck, but who cares? You need to buy a sixty or $70,000 electric car because it's the right thing to do for the environment. It's not the right thing to do for the environment. I've explained before that the environmental damage that is done to, to dig up all of the minerals and rare earth uh, minerals that you need for the electric batteries destroys the planet. 
in a much more brutal way than a trace gas found in our atmosphere that actually our plants need to live on. Weird, huh? All right, I need you guys to understand how serious this really is. There's a video that came across, I I don't know if it was Instagram or I don't know what platform, but uh, it's a video of a, a European woman talking about what world, what the life would be like if we all had to live under this tyrannical world government rule. And uh, basically, this is she's describing what life is like in China and how the China, the Chinese government has ultimate, absolute power over all of its people. And if we allow those that want world governance and a world currency to have their way, this is how we will all have to live our life. Listen to this. We accept the fact that a QR code grants us access to society. What makes you think that they won't link that to anything else except for your vaccination status? What if that green screen on your phone that grants you access to society turns red the moment you take a flight too many? Or you uh, eat meat too much? Or you didn't recycle your plastic yesterday, how dare you? What if that green screen on your phone that is linked to your digital wallet that's filled with nothing more but, (laughs) I'm going to say it, central bank digital currencies will turn red the moment you say something that the government classifies as hate speech? What if they can turn off your life at the push of one button? If they can do it in China, they can do it here. Ladies and gentlemen, freedom that is limited to those who do and say exactly what the government wants them to do and say is no freedom. It's imprisonment dressed up as freedom. And we need to see it for what it is. If we want to turn this around, that is. We need to wake up. We need to speak up. We need to say no, draw a line, and disobey these laws. She is 100% correct. If we don't start standing up and saying no, this is our future. This is our future where we carry around our phones with us that have green QR codes or whatever that allow us access to our lives. And the government, if they deem us doing anything they seem inappropriate, like not recycling, not or eating too much meat or something that we say online or in social media, they classify as hate speech. They can end our existence as far as the ability to buy things and to live normal lives based on our behavior. That's what we're facing if we don't start standing up and saying no. All right. I think that covers most of everything I wanted to talk about with those three subjects. Let me talk about a couple of other basic things going on right now. One thing I'm really, really fascinated about, and I'm Really excited. In about an hour, uh, there's a football game I'm going to watch, even though I'm not a fan of either of the teams. Because last week, a five-year-old little boy showed up at a Kansas City Chiefs game with his face painted half black and half red. Well, an interesting reporter for Deadspin His name is Karen J. Phillips. He wrote an article 
calling this boy a racist because he saw a picture of the boy in profile where he only saw the black side of his face. And the boy was wearing a feather headdress. So he accused this boy of being racist. He accused his parents of raising their children with racism. And he says not only is he racist one way, he's racist against black people and against Native Americans because he's got black face on and he's wearing a featherhead dress. Well, come to find out, Mr. Karen J. Phillips was a little premature in writing this article because had he looked at other pictures that people quickly sent to him, they would have noticed that the boy had half red face and half black face and the feather headdress was going along with the chiefs. You know, it was a, a, a uniform. But here's the fun twist on all that. Turns out this young boy's grandfather is a Native American. Oops. So, this young boy wasn't being racist. He wasn't appropriating the culture of the black people or the Native Americans. He was Native American himself. And he was a five-year-old boy cheering on the Kansas City Chiefs. So, Karen J. Phillips, how does your foot taste? Because it's planted firmly in your mouth. Now, what I'm excited about, and like I said, in, in less than an hour, this is going to happen. There has been a rumor going around the Internet that says that all the Kansas City fans are going to show up tonight in red and black face paint to show support for this little boy and to basically show Jaron K. Phillips he was an idiot for writing this article. I really, 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 really hope this happens. And you know what I really hope happens? I hope Travis Kelsey's girlfriend, Taylor Swift, decides to join in and wear face paint. Because if she did, I promised you it would I promised you it would break the internet. There would be so much talk about that. It would be insane. So I really hope at least the fans or most of the fans or large amount of fans show up with the red and black face paint to show their support for this five-year-old boy who was attacked by an idiot who is constantly, obviously looking for ways to be offended. So much so that he attacked a five-year-old innocent child. Shame on you, Jaron K. Phillips or Karen J. Phillips. All right, for tonight's or this week's positive message, and yes, I always want to end my podcast with a positive message. This one's a really unique one and something that really you need to think about a lot because it's very, very powerful. As I said, I'm reading the book, um, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, and it's just amazing the power and knowledge that your subconscious has in it. But the name of the article is The Ultimate Longevity Biohack is Raising Your Consciousness. And the article goes on to say, in David Hawking's book, Letting Go, we talk about how advanced yogis are completely protected against environmental toxins. They basically have an energetic armor that is impenetrable to all the crap that we're faced with. 
For a while, I was puzzled by how this could be possible, but modern science of all things actually gives us the answer. The latest in quantum research proves that we've always known consciousness is fundamental. It is the primary substratum of everything and is not generated by the brain like we've assumed for the last few hundred years. The body doesn't create consciousness. Consciousness creates the body. Think about that one. The body is basically one small sliver of consciousness created like an avatar to navigate this 3D world. And similar to a video game character, if you really wanted to change his health, you wouldn't just eat differently within the game. You'd hack the source code to withstand everything. Raising your consciousness is doing exactly that. Jailbreaking the game we're in and bending reality to your advantage. In this view called idealism, there's no distinction between mind and matter. Everything is consciousness, just vibrating at a different rate. So if you raise your consciousness enough, it can withstand anything of a lower vibration. This is why true love is so healing. True love is one of the highest vibrations there is. I just added that part, okay? <laughs> this, ex this explains how the placebo effect is so powerful. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of studies that show fake knee surgeries are as, as effective as real ones due the, to the placebo effect, due to the power of the mind. Some, yogi, some yogis can completely reprogram their body, change their temperature of one hand individually, and their metabolic rate at will. This is pretty much inconceivable to the modern Western health world because our body is a puppet to our consciousness. One of the biggest reasons I believe people in the health world never actually cure themselves for their issues is because over time they become riddled with even more fears about what can hurt their health. They're basically reverse placeboing themselves at all times. So how do we raise your consciousness? Well, according to Hawkins, it's not from adding something or tripping balls in the jungle. It's from letting go of all that is holding you down. In the meantime, it makes sense to still care about your health, of course. But don't lose sight of what really matters. All right, here's the most important thing. It's the last sentence in the article. If you want to live your happiest and healthiest life, Raise your consciousness. That should be your primary focus. So raise your consciousness and, and re pay attention to that last part. Let go of all of the things that are holding you down, the anxiety, the fears, the frustrations, the offenses. Let all that go. Raise your consciousness. If you raise your consciousness high enough, like I said, to the level of love, to the level of acceptance, understanding, openness to everything. Your consciousness will be vibrating at such a high level, you'll be impermeable to all diseases. And I just really honestly think about that. I believe that with all of my heart. And sadly, I believe that there will never be a cure for cancer or the common cold, or anything like that, because managing diseases is far 
more profitable, sadly. So let's think above that, okay? Raise your consciousness. Let go of all the negative crap in your life. Don't hold on to grudges. The only people that you hurt when you hold on to grudges is yourself. I promise you, the people you hold grudges against have already moved on. You're only hurting yourself. So let all that go and raise your consciousness and make yourself impenetrable to negative and disease. All right. And with that, I want to thank you again for listening to the podcast. If you agree or disagree with anything I said in the podcast, don't hesitate to write me, Drew, at thewatchdogsbark.com. And until next time, create an amazing day. And please help me relay the bark. <laughs>